0: Hi friends, I've actually never done this before, but you all have so many important and incredible questions to do with the podcast, so I thought, why not today sit down with your questions and answer some of them? So, many, many, many of you have asked me to share my story, that the intro to the podcast shares a little bit of what I've been through um, and you want to know more and you want to know my story and you want to know why I don't want to share it. So it's not about me. This podcast series is not about me. I think the reason I say that in the intro is because the trauma led me to being able to connect with people that have also survive traumatic things so it's not so much in the detail of what has happened to me maybe I'll share that one day but I really am mentioning it because I want everyone to know that I know what it's like to feel suicidal I know what it's like to survive abuse I know what it's like to overcome deep trauma betrayal loss um And it really, you know, all of that trauma really was the reason for me creating this because I felt so passionate in sharing other people's stories. So I hope, (laughs) I know it's not going to satisfy many of you, but um, I wanted to touch on it because so many of you want me to share my story, but it's really not important and not about me right now. But maybe one day, if we find someone excellent to interview me, maybe one day. Another question: These conversations are big. How do you process and debrief afterwards to let go? There's quite a lot of questions on that topic. Um, really good question. I think at the beginning, I wasn't prepared or protecting myself um, for the impact that these conversations were going to have on me. They definitely were staying with me. They were haunting me. They were, I felt living inside of me. Um and it probably wasn't a very healthy way to manage my energy at all. So I do a little bit of hoogie boogie when they're really heavy conversations. I do set <laughs> I feel a bit silly saying this, but I do set up a um like a protection grid around me with crystals. I cleanse the energy prior and after, and I also call in a bit of protection spiritually. Um, I know that's very woo-woo, but it just came to me. I don't even know how, but I just do it, and I have felt so protected and um, really okay after the conversations after that. Sometimes with... Episodes where you can hear that I'm really shaken. Mackenzie's mission, the widow, where I'm crying a lot with these people. Um, It definitely stays with me. Like I definitely feel vulnerable and rattled after that. Um, I've had an incredible woman reach out to me and I should follow it up. She's a psychologist and she's offered – pro bono to help me debrief after episodes. I guess I need to prioritize that. I'm so, I guess, conscious of doing other parts of the podcast post-interview that I don't honor that so much. So um, I have been feeling better, but I think moving in post-maternity leave records, I will get someone that I can debrief with. I think The times that I have felt the most triggered and saddened has been, there's been a couple of episodes I haven't been able to air for legal reasons. Um, Personally, for me, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to make these people relive their traumas in such specific detail and then be told by the legal powers that be that I am unable to uh, release that. You can hear my dog in the background, but this is very, this is an interview guys. This is just question time. So she she can just bark. Um, I broke my heart the day I had to call them and tell them that we couldn't air the episode for my protection and for theirs um, was awful for me um, and awful for them, but that was the hardest thing. Um, There have been some other episodes that have had legal issues attached to them, which I found really early on, how big the conversations were and how serious they were and that people and their lives um, are affected by it. And there were some legalities put in place towards me, which some of the trauma that I have gone through was re-triggered. Some of the trauma I went through was through court cases and things. And that was um, really horrific for me. And more so than holding the space for interviews, it was. it's been things like that that have really shaken me to my core. So I've learned the hard way. I have a great legal team now. I've got incredibly <laughs> expensive insurance, um, to help support me sharing these stories. Yeah. Next question. How do you find your guests for the deep? Do they contact you? Very popular question as well. Um, so season one, I obviously had to find everybody because nobody had any idea of what the deep was. So I knew what I wanted it to be. The, the trauma cleaner, Sandy Pankhurst, I'd read her book. I was desperate to get her on. I researched her. I reached out to her. She kindly obliged. Um, the same with Kate who is the brilliant brave mother that fought terminal cancer. All of them I researched and reached out to in the first season. And then as the reach and the popularity came and people knew about it, my inbox is generally flooded with requests on people sharing their stories, which is so kind and generous and and wonderful it makes it difficult because I really want everyone to be heard. Um, But I also, you know, there are so many stories that are similar and we just want to make sure that it gets the most impact as possible. So now we have – it's a bit of a mixture. I definitely have a wish list of people that I want to reach out to. I have been chasing – JC Dugard, if anyone knows her or can get in touch with her. <laughs> um, I read her story 10 years ago, and she is a woman that was kidnapped as a child and had two children to her kidnapper. Um, so there are definite stories. Um, there's a woman who was affected and impacted by Munchausen, by proxy, that's been really hard to get over the line. So there's definitely stories that I am researching and some of them take months to come to fruition. Rachel Watton, I wanted her in the first season and she's just gone live recently. Um, It takes sometimes months to get logistics sorted. So there's a bit of both. There's me reaching out, um, and it helps now because we have kind of this portfolio of these incredible stories. And then there's also people sharing with me and and, and me being like, oh, golly, we need to put this out there. So it's a bit of both. Um, okay, next one. I guess this is an addition to what we've just talked about, what draws you to the specific stories that you pick. Um. Big one for me is generally I don't talk to anyone that has already shared their story on a large platform. I feel like there are so many stories to be heard and if someone has already shared that, you can go to another podcast or YouTube or find them and watch their story through there. Um, the real, I guess the only guest that had that impact in the media and also shared her story with us was Rachel Casella. Um, and there's two reasons why I chose to share her story. One, because she was so pushy and passionate. Like she would not, I kept trying to kind of reschedule a move and she was just adamant that it was happening. Um, and also I felt very triggered by talking to her and I knew that if I felt this real <sighs> repelling or, or need to push back that there was something there. Um, so she's the only one that's kind of, you know, she's got a book out, she's done quite a lot of press, she's in the media a lot. Um, so that's one thing. I don't kind of go to people that have had their stories out there, but what I'm really drawn to is courage, courage, I'm drawn to people that have stories and are willing to put themselves out there and be vulnerable. So with every interview, there is a briefing call. It's sometimes up to an hour or longer. And in this briefing call, I can tell in the first kind of 10 minutes if this person is right. And throughout the call, I tell them, or I share with them the impact their story will have, but also the bravery and the courage that is required to make impact. Because if they're going to hold back, um, which is so fine, and if they want to protect, which is so fine, it's not going to work. Because you can't lie on a podcast. People can tell exactly where you're at, if you're holding back, if you want to cry, if you're not letting it out, if you're, you know, we can t- sense everything. It's such an intimate way to communicate that if they don't want to go there with me and I'm so willing for whatever ugly truths Uh, come up or crying or whatever is there I'm willing to hold the space but if they aren't willing to go there with me it's generally we don't we don't go forward and sometimes we finish the call and they will come back to me and say I'm not ready which is always honored and respected Um, very rarely do I say this person isn't the right fit or I don't think it's time for them. Occasionally, if it's a really um, raw trauma, I might say I don't think it's the time. I think you need a little bit more space around it before you share with us or perhaps you need to speak to somebody else about this before you speak to us because there is, you know, there's also – a part of sharing one's story, which is so vulnerable, there is a part that makes you feel so naked and exposed. And they have to be ready for all of that as well.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Giggy Palmer.
0: on actual guests. Now there hasn't been like a heap of time for me to get like, so for example, you guys wanted to ask about Kelly who had the heroin addiction. Um, did she have a partner at the same time when she was pregnant? Did they know? Um, I believe Kelly's partners did know that she was an addict Um, when we discuss, who was it that you wanted to know about? I think it was Molly. Yeah, it was Molly. There's so many questions about Molly in the court case. They're still in trial. So I don't have really anything to report back to yet. It's going to be quite drawn out, but I promise you as soon as there is information, we will follow up. There's also been so many of you incredible human beings that have wanted to help her. People have offered money, people have offered different kinds of resources and support. So, so kind, so wonderful. Ah, (laughs) lots and lots of questions on David the Medium. The medium you had on predicted Trump winning the election, what does he have to say? I also got a message about him yesterday because those of you who follow him, he does put up some controversial, I guess controversial memes and things around COVID and people want me to speak on his behalf, which I cannot. So I've reached out to David. I've asked him to do a follow-up with us to see what his thoughts are on a couple of those things. I still stand by him being the most incredible medium experience I've ever had. I can't, I don't know if that translates over to real world events, but when he connected with my mother, it was my mother. So I will get him on to discuss all your little questions. We might even just do a David, the medium Q and A, and you guys can ask your questions. If you don't have Instagram, just email those questions through to AJ again at admin at zoe Any feedback to you from guests that have shared? Have they felt healed, recovered, less judgment? Um, a really beautiful story I want to tell you guys was after the functioning heroin episode. In fact, just as I thanked her, I had asked her the final question, who are you and no one's watching, and she answered her profound, harrowing, beautiful answer, and I pressed stop. I'm so pissed I pressed stop too, I can't tell you. As soon as I said thank you so much and I stopped and I said, okay, we've stopped recording, she broke down in tears and it was devastating for me as a podcast host because she had been so together this whole time and in this last moment she revealed this fragility and this vulnerability and she just cried with me and said, you know, I, I've never really asked myself why I don't stop which seems like the most obvious question for all of us. But I think it really knocked her for six. And I don't know if she's stopped. I'm assuming that she hasn't. I might be wrong. But I think there are real gifts for the people that do share and, and so many of them tell me how brave they feel, how um, proud they are, how they feel like this monkey's off their back or they've dropped this weight, which is so wonderful. I know that Frankie and Isla, that was huge for them as a family unit and they listened to their episodes together. So I hope there is healing in this for the guests. I really do. I think that would be something so wonderful. Hey, Zoe, do you screen your guests at all to ensure their stories are 100% true? Um, I do my briefing call and I believe them. I would never have someone on the podcast that, was lying or juicing up their story to make it better or more interesting no I don't think that that's I don't even think that this podcast is a platform where people feel like they could do that um I research if there's things I can research you know like Sandra Pankhurst and um Raphael Rowe, who was the wrongfully accused, I definitely do as much research. But if this is a regular civilian that doesn't have their trauma online, I trust them. Um And I think that that comes across. And I also have definitely br- had briefing calls with some dodgier characters, which I can sense immediately that it's not – Authentic. Um, So I think a lot of that comes down to my read on people. What episode was the hardest for you to record and why? There's one because I'm not, I'm pre recording this because I'm about to give birth. So I'm not sure exactly when this will go to air, but there is an episode we've pre recorded with a ghost hunter or a woman that connects with ghosts. And it, I know this is surprising because you're surely going to think I'm going to say something traumatic, but she shared this one story in there, and I'm just going to say woman in the window and you'll know when you listen to it or if you've heard it. That haunted me. Like uh, for two months straight, I couldn't go to the toilet in the middle of the night. I'm pregnant and I have to go to the toilet in the middle of the night all the time without being terrified of that. I am quite scared of the spirit world. Um, I've had a few little moments myself which I'm not encouraging or bringing upon, Um and it freaked me out, and I think also, because around that time, my son had been saying his three, he'd been saying that he was seeing a little boy on his curtain in his room, and that had been going on for a few months on and off on and off, but he was so scared, and then one night when it happened, I went in there, and my husband, I think was working later was away and I could feel it and he could feel it. And I think we had had this conversation about the woman in the window around the same time and I was just like, I cannot cope. So I, in fact, got um, a beautiful friend to cleanse the house and move the spirit on, which controversially the ghost hunter says she doesn't think it happened, but I do. Um, Because the house has felt so different. And I don't think there was this little boy had any malice. Um, I just, it was just the energy was a bit much for both of us, my son and I. So she moved him along. Um, David, the medium, in fact, suggested that it could have been the child I miscarried wanting to connect with Fox. So all of it's really interesting and you guys might be rolling your eyes. But that episode was a hard one for me. There are so many that are heavy, obviously, Um, so deeply woven with trauma and abuse. I don't think that's hard for me, though, to hold that space. That feels like a natural place for me to be. Yeah, so I wouldn't say there's any hard episodes apart from the scary woman in the window. Which episode guest's story has stuck with you the most? Also, The the Ghost Hunter, which is so weird because that was supposed to be a light episode. Um, what other ones have stuck with me? Definitely Mackenzie's Mission because that changed the way that I looked at conceiving and looking into genetic um, counselling and testing. Other episodes, I mean, gosh, Kate – She was the first one ever. She rocked my world. And I think that was because I had lost my mother to cancer, but also being a mother to a small child that was, you know, similar age when she had her cancer diagnosis, that really entrenched itself into me. They all kind of stay with me, all of them, each and every one. Frankie's episode... I spoke to her in detail a few times prior to that call that recording and she never left me and I think the thing that stuck with me was this ability to forgive because I also I mean that has not happened to me but I also have forgiven uh people that have betrayed me or that have caused some trauma- traumatic things and Others cannot believe it. Like friends, my husband cannot believe it. And I think that really resonated and stuck with me. The power of forgiveness is um, quite beautiful. How is Rachel Casella's pregnancy going? So Rachel Cassella was Mackenzie's mission and she has recently given birth to a healthy Beautiful little boy called Isaac, and she is in the newborn baby heavenly bubble. She is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. She's so incredible, that woman. Do you ever not vibe with someone and their story? I think I tend to be able to do that more through email. My two, I see AJ, she and I discuss all the emails together and we're like, that's a definite, that's a definite no. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a real sense quite early on. Have any of the episodes gone in a different direction to what you have anticipated or prepped for? Yeah, um, all, every single one. <laughs> Every single one. I think the magic here is that I think it's one thing and then these incredibly – multifaceted creatures and people give me this like, oh, it's this, but it's also all of these other things. Um, So even when we have our briefing call, I still don't know exactly where it's going to go. And I try to save as much of it. So it's a natural reaction from myself as well. But I definitely, yeah, they all go somewhere completely wonderful and better than I can ever predict. We have so many more questions. I think we do Q&A part two next week or another season. Um, I love your questions. I love how involved you are in this community and how supportive you are. So thank you so much and keep them coming. Hold up.